0: Blob Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: and welcome to the 63rd episode of Laura, of Trundle Bed Tales podcast, Laura Ingalls Wilder On Air Birthday Party 2015. Now, before we get going, I just want to do a little housekeeping. <laughs> and remind everybody that if you want to call in, you can toll-free That's one Or uh Or the regular number is seven one four two four two five two five three. That's seven one four two four two. 5253. And if you're listening to this live, I should point out that uh, that toll-free number unfortunately is not international, but you can call in from the other number. And it um, I wanted to make sure that I let everybody know about the upcoming episode. So there is going to actually be Another one of these birthed last year to do one for Elmanzo. I have never done one of those before, so we'll see how it goes. We're uh, going to have it on, Laura, on Almanzo's actual birthday, so it will be Friday, February 13th, 2015 at 9 Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, 7 Mountain Time, or 6 Pacific Time. In other words, the same time as tonight, one day short. So it's the Friday instead of the Saturday. I also want to make sure everybody knows, as I mentioned before, this is our 63rd episode. So if you are interested in seeing some of the things we did before, you can find both an archive uh, that's on Blog Talk Radio. You can find a list with links on my uh, blog and on my website. And you can actually go to iTunes under podcasts and download them there for free to take with you. So uh, I hope that you, if you haven't been listening before, will want to go back and check some of our great shows. And I think that is about it. I guess there was one other thing I wanted to say for housekeeping, and that is... One of my New Year's resolutions is to get back on schedule. I kind of got totally off last year uh, of doing my normal schedule of shows. And January was absolutely no help and wasn't any better. But this month is going to be the start of having all our regular episodes that we normally do. So I hope you will uh, help me keep that resolution. And with that, that's about done housekeeping. Oh, and also, I should tell you that it looks like the chat room is not going to open tonight. And I am sorry about that. I, I wanted to have the chat open, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, about tonight's episode, this is our 5th annual on-air birthday celebration for Laura Ingalls Wilder. It was in fact one of the first couple of episodes uh, that I did, the first one when I started this uh this podcast. And at first I tried, I think the first one I talked about uh birthday traditions and I talked about Laura's birthday. But this is um the third third year where we are actually doing a call-in show. So what you hear tonight depends on who calls in and what stories we get and this is really me turning it over to you the fans. I hope we get some strong uh response and I'm looking forward to talking to you tonight. And if you don't call in this year, remember we'll have another one of those birthday parties 1016. So start working on your story now. To start us off, uh, this afternoon I went to a Laura Ingalls Wilder birthday event. Now normally, especially in the upper Midwest, I really don't advise people trying to have Laura Ingalls Wilder birthday events because you have to cancel them so often. I mean, maybe things are different other places, but I had to cancel so many February events that I just basically do not take February bookings anymore because it isn't worth the heartache for anybody. But uh, this uh, particular one has been going on in Uptown Bills, which is the Bills Cafe is the one uh, that... The that uh, the movie Bill that starred Mickey Rooney was set in, and they have musical groups come in, and they had uh, a husband and wife team come in to do a Laura Ingalls Wilder and Pa Fiddle program this afternoon, and it was really. Very enjoyable. They clearly knew a lot about music and just played some great fiddle music. But when I was there, my friend Linda Starbuck went with me and she wasn't going to be able to call in tonight, so she uh, sent me her Laura memory. How I got into Laura. It was 17 years ago and I took an impromptu trip to Smet, South Dakota because I was in the area. I would read the books as a girl but it had been more motivated by the TV show, which was one of my favorites growing up. I had never been to a home site before. Little did I know that that trip would have such a major impact on my life. Oh, my God, the surveyor's house, the graves, the homestead, the cottonwoods, the house pa built on 3rd Street, Rose's furniture. I absorbed everything I could. Then, when I returned home... I checked out each book from the library, in the proper order, of course, and devoured them. I have not stopped learning about everything Laura since that day. I have been back to DeSmet maybe five or more times, and it never gets old. My favorite memory, I took my niece to Walnut Grove for the pageant weekend. We spent Friday night in the Sod House Bread and Breakfast in Sanborn. Now, it, she doesn't have this in her memory, but uh, or in her memory that she wrote up, but it's the McCone Assad houses. They had prairie clothes for us to wear. We walked in the fields of wildflowers, no sign of civilization, washed by bowl and pitcher and read by candlelight and even used the Saudi outhouse. For that very short time, we were living like a pioneer family, and it was pure Joy, I believe the sod houses are still open for touring, but the bread and breakfast aspect, unfortunately, is closed. And she is quite right. The the sod houses are open for touring, though you can no longer stay there. Now, I, I never really wanted to stay there because I... Well, let me point a picture for you. It had a sod outhouse. A good, long ways from the Saudi, that is not my uh, that is not something I really wanted to experience, but it is great touring them, and I think everybody would enjoy it, and especially pay attention to the construction of the sod houses uh they have two there one they called a rich man's and one the poor man's, but from either one, you can see really how they built the sod houses. In fact, they were uh, featured in a history channel uh, program that was talking about how uh, early settlers constructed homes, and they talked about uh, how they went there to talk about building the soddy, and they have a special side cover- cutter that they use, and it really shows you what these soddies looked like. Or Laura's dugout on the Banks of Plum Creek, which had the front wall of being soddy. And and, uh, it's really very accurate with its large blocks of sod. And also the rich man's one is showing how nicely they could be finished because lots of people actually did live in these sod houses for a really long time. And if you go out to the Black Hills, there's actually a sod house that's out there that's open for touring that's been standing there. Oh, it must be must be 100 years now at least. It's very cool to see that one, but this replica at least gives you a good feel of what those houses would be like. Okay, and the next one that I wanted to share was from another online friend, uh, and I will probably totally butcher your last name, Colleen, but it's Colleen Ferris and she had started out telling me this this um picture or this story on Facebook and unfortunately when i went to pull it up tonight it wasn't where i thought it was and i couldn't pull uh, pull it up but basically um she had traveled to uh, malone new york and had gotten to meet dorothy smith there who was one of elmanzo's cousins and was really responsible for getting the uh getting the recognition of Malone and Burke as being the setting for Farmer Boy and that it would be a tourist destination for that reason and did a lot of basic research and some really nice things. So um, they had bet there is the upshot. So now this is later on in her story. Dorothy Smith and I traveled to Brookings, South Dakota, to stay at the home of Avilda Sorensen. Now, Avilda... um, is someone who had, who was a very big Laura fan fairly early on. She had an extensive Laura collection, and I only got to meet her once, but she was a really nice lady. That was me editorializing. Now we're back to Colleen's story. Bill Anderson was there, and that evening we all drove to Walnut Grove to see the play. What a wonderful experience. Next, we went to Spring Valley, Minnesota, to see the barn that the Wilder family had built. The house was gone, but we took pictures and then visited Royal's Grave. Everywhere we went, roads were under construction and we would get to a destination and we couldn't find a hotel room because the road construction workers had rented all the rooms. We had lunch at the home of a lady, I I think it was Mary Jo Daffy, who was working with the Wilder Museum items. I left Dorothy and Spring Valley with an invitation to visit her in Malone, which I did a year or so later. Her home was filled with Wilder things, including the painting used for the book cover of the Farmer Boy book. We ate with the silverware used by the Wilders. Sarah Day Wilder's trunk was in the living room. It was just unbelievable. She and her mother, Frances Smith, had read Farmer Boy many years before and recognized some of the places mentioned in the book. And they even wrote to Laura to mention the correct spelling of the town Chateguay. Again, this is Sarah. My French pronunciation, my English pronunciation of French terms is terrible. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that town. It's spelled S- it's, it's spelled C-H-A-T-E-A-U-G-A-Y. Laura had it misspelled in the book because she hadn't realized she would spelled it how it was pronounced. Um, but they wrote about needing to fix it. Okay, back to the story. Then they figured out where the wilder homestead was. When I saw it for the first time, my heart sank. Sad shape and sumac trees were taking over. No sign of the big barn. The people who owned it used it as a summer camp. Potatoes were growing near the house, so I knew there had been someone around at some point. I told her that Malone needed to preserve this home, and I wrote an editorial to the Malone Telegram. Dorothy had lunch to introduce me to her friends many of whom served on the Wilder Homestead board later. I think there were eight ladies, and we had almond chicken and rose and strawberry pie for dessert. In the many times I returned to Malone with these ladies were so kind, and we had such fun together. One dear lady, Bernice Scott, and I became especially good friends, and after Dorothy's death, I always stayed with her. We worked together at many wilder events and traveled the back roads of upstate New York every summer or fall for many years. She gave me her original copy of Farmer Boy. When she died, I spoke at her funeral. She was like a mother to me. I'm tearing up just thinking of her. Of course, I still visit Malone and the homestead when they have special events, like the dedication of the schoolhouse. Bernice and I had such fun when Dean Butler was there. I made him apple pies from the apples in the orchard and grape jelly from the grapes we picked nearby. I've since seen Dean at several Little House events, including the musical in Sioux Falls. Once, I went to a board meeting at Larry and Sally's house, and Roger McBride was there as well as Bill Anderson. Sally still remains a friend and lives in Potsdam. I've met so many wonderful people through Little House Connections. Can't wait to Oh, I think she means that to me. Can't wait to meet you. Every town has its charm, and every time I visit one, I am excited and thankful for what Laura has done in my life. I've done programs about her since 1981, and sometimes I could hear the kids in the grocery store say, Mom, Mom, there's a little house lady. And... That's the story that Colleen sent, and that's really a great story. I hope we get a chance to have her on sometime where she can talk a little bit more about it. I would like to mention that a lot of the treasures that she mentioned, uh, like the mural, it was actually a, a painting like on, I don't know, plaster that was uh, and used as the inspiration for the cover of Farmer Boy and the Sarah Wilder trunk, and many of those things are now on display in the restored Wilder uh, House and the Amazo Wilder uh, and the Amanso Wilder Farm. So it's great to hear those early stories. I'm always so glad to hear how people uh, started. I think I think those were all the ones that were sent in. To me. oh wait I got one more. Uh, this one. This one is from Elizabeth Allen, and she says, Hello, I won't be available to call in tonight, but I would love to share my obsession with all things Laura. I had the opportunity to visit Pepin with my daughters a few years ago, and what a wonderful trip it was. I know it is not one of the more popular Laura sites, but it is well worth the visit. Downtown Pepin was simply adorable, and the locals were very open and friendly. Pepin had several small museums, and we were able to learn a lot about Laura as well as Pepin's history. Visiting the replica cabin where Laura was born was great. It looked very similar to how Laura described it. And I never realized how pretty the area was. With its lovely green rolling hills, the best part for me was standing near the shores of Lake Pepin and imagining the Ingalls family eating lunch on the sand all those years ago. Happy birthday Laura And I want to remind people that we are looking for people to call in. The number is 18776339389. That's 18776339389. Or if you want to call the regular number, it is 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. And if you're looking for an invitation to call, this is it because we have no one waiting on the line. So this would be the great time to call in to share your Laura memory. And uh, since since uh, Elizabeth Allen had been sharing about Pepin, I just want to say that I really love Pepin. I have been there more regularly than about any lore site except maybe Baroque. But um, it's really such a nice place to experience. I especially like going on the, Ingles, um, the Lore Ingalls Wilder Remembered event uh, or Laura Days, as they call it up there. And they just have um, the buckskinners' kind of traditional crafts encampment. They have um, horse-drawn wagons around town. They have a special display up at the the replica birthplace cabin that's um, sewing quilts and quilts and kids can hand-sew a quilt square up there. Um, they have You can uh, ride on a boat on Lake Pepin. They have um, pancake breakfast on Sunday morning. They have a fiddle contest, which is a huge event in the Midwestern fiddling world. They have have a Little Miss Laura contest. They have a spelling bee. They have uh, special things going on in the museum. And I hear their Laura speaker. Um, tends to be pretty good, at least has been for the last few years. If you get a chance, I really recommend getting uh, to go to Pepin, especially during the Laura Days in September because there's a lot of extra stuff going on then. But really, it's a lovely uh, place to go at any time. And with Ellen's, uh, El- uh, Elizabeth's comments about uh Pepin, I did also want to mention, she said she hasn't realized how pretty the area was. It is actually, uh, the Great River Road is one of the highways they have that uh, are, are marked sort of highway, byways things that go across states that are supposed to kind of encourage travel on on these lovely roads. And one of them is the Great River Road, which goes right by the birthplace cottage, so this really is a beautiful country it It was country that was chosen for this designation, especially because it was beautiful and lovely to drive through so to have that right by laura's home uh or birthplace replica lets you know how lovely that area is and it's just it's very interesting to visit Pepin she'd also mentioned the downtown and they do have um quite a few interesting local places, just but part of it is Pepin is sort of used by the Twin Cities a similar way than Chicago uses Galena. So it has a lot of people going down there for the weekend on, on any given weekend. And they have a big marina there. They um, have people driving down from the city. So, and, in fact, I have had several uh, several times I have had people walking around going, you know, looking at all the little girls in calico and braids and all this kind of festival stuff going on and come up to me and say, what's happening? What's going on today? What kind of event is this? So people do come through and have no idea that it's it's Laura related. But anyway, because those people come down from the Twin Cities, they are able to have um, both a very thriving local artist kind of community. So if you... Um, like, you know, tinsmithing, like our friend Kitty Latane, or if you want to see something in the art gallery, or they have nice little specialty shops with, you know, gold jewelry and, you know, sort of, you know, things like that. They have a lovely little artist district. They also have uh, some of the best restaurants, more good restaurants than any town of that size uh deserves to have. I mean, honestly, if if that was the same size town as Pepin was was put down in the center of Iowa, it just it would maybe have two restaurants total, but all of them are so good. There's the, the Harbor Cafe, which is very famous. There's the Pickle Factory, which is one of my favorites. There's the homemade cafe. There's the Garden Pub. I mean, that's four right there, and there are more than that. I mean, it's really an incredibly good place to go and visit, so I hope that you will get a chance to do that sometime. And that sounds like it's time to remind everybody again that you can call in to one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. 633 9389 That's one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. 633 9389 now, looking at the questions that I asked for, uh, for everyone to answer today, uh, I was just sort of trying to come up with different things that people might have a story about. So your favorite Laura Ingalls Wilder experience, how you started loving Laura, the most unusual thing you ever did as a Laura fan, if you've established any yearly Laura-based traditions, or any other story that you have that is Laura-related that you would like to share. So I think, I think I've think i probably shared it before, but I think probably my favorite Laura-related experience, and my mom was, was with me, and she has heard so much about Laura, I think she would be happy if she never heard her name again. But she really felt this was a special moment too. And we were in met for a small conference that they had there Uh, that um, Nancy Cleveland had set up. It was a very nice uh, conference. And it was like later that day, and we'd gone to the Ingalls Homestead and ridden down on the covered wagon to the schoolhouse. Because if you've never been to the Ingalls Homestead, it's where Pa's farm actually was, his homestead claim. And near the top of the hill, behind where the cottonwood trees are, is the visitor center. Then they have various um, kind of exhibit buildings scattered around the grounds. The farthest one away is the school. So they run horse-drawn wagons from uh, the far near, that's relatively near the visitor center, down by the crops, down by the uh, sort of big slough area, uh, and then over to the one-room school. And then they stop there, and everybody piles out of the wagon. They go in. They have a program there at the school. They come back in the wagon, and they normally ride back up. But we'd written down in the wagon, and I think I'd stayed talking or something. But for some reason, we decided to walk back up. And looking the situation over, to walk back up, through the field, you really kind of had to follow the wagon track, and that was going to be quite a long way. And we would risk the running into a wagon, which would not be good. So we decided that we would walk back down the road, and this road was uh, was just sort of a, what a country road used to be. You don't see many of them around here anymore. There's just a handful of them, and they're places where, you know, odd places where not many people go. And a lot of times they'll call them um, B maintenance roads. And a lot of times they aren't; they don't even really kind of look like a road. And this one in Dismet by the English Homestead, it it was a dirt road. It was a lot better than most um, scheduled B ones they have in Iowa. But what I mean. It was like that. Was that there wasn't any gravel, there wasn't any asphalt, there wasn't anything like that. It was just a road, and we were walking back up. And there's kind of a dip in the road, and we were walking back up towards the visitor center. But you get to a certain place, and you really couldn't see the visitor center. So we were just walking along this road, and I was wearing—I wasn't wearing my my Laura clothes, but I was presenting, so I had a long skirt. And I wasn't wearing my normal shoes. I was wearing you know pumps, so it was a little different and I would go walking along this this road and all of a sudden, uh you just couldn't see the visitor' center anymore just because of the way the road went, and it was just quiet and you know it's it's amazing to me that there are so many people who never know quiet, even when I'm working in the library. And kids come in and they just are constantly listening to music. Sometimes with earbuds in in their ears that you can hear literally like 15 feet away. But they're just always listening to music. But this idea of just having quiet. To just hear the wind. To just hear the birds, To just hear the rustling of the grass. And it just really felt like we had by some magic, step back for a moment into Laura's Dismet. And it was just the best feeling and, and it's just really been the most special Laura thing that ever happened to me. I just, I just love that. You can't see this, but I am just grinning even thinking about it. It was so lovely. And probably my second favorite thing to do is to was the time that uh, I got interviewed by South Dakota Public Television so I met them and met and I was talking to them and I got to be a talking head that was on my life ambitions list was to get to be a talking head and I got to be a talking head on their their program and then they took me out and I told them this story, too, and so they wanted to film me, and I was wearing my Laura dress for that, and they wanted to film me uh, walking up the road, and they decided a different road near the <laughs> the school was a little more picturesque, but I went out there, and I had brought my big sun hat that I a lot of times wear when I'm actually out on the prairie because it's, it's, it's pretty, but it's got a great big... Um, bill. So it just, it, it shades you a lot. I just love this hat. It's just such a great hat. So I was had my hat on. I was walking down the road and I did my Julie Andrews thing spinning around and it was, I really enjoyed it. It was fun and the funny thing was I hadn't really talked to the people too much at at the homestead about coming. I mean, I'd, I'd mentioned a little but not enough so that they all knew I was was coming and was going to be there, and one of the the Sullivan boys uh, caught me later, and he said, I sure, I was sure that was you. I saw you spinning out on the prairie, and I didn't think it could be anybody else. Those are my top two two favorite things, and they both happened in DeSmet. I I really think, um, you know, Disney should watch out. I think DeSmet is really the happiest place on Earth, and, again, as people have told me, that they call in, or they were working up their their courage to call in, and then it got to be too late. So we have. We are halfway through our episode. So if you want to call in, now is the time. The phone number is, again, one 633 Nine three eight nine. That's one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. See, our next question was, "How did you get started loving Laura?" And looks meaningfully at you through the podcast computer. Everybody loves to tell their how to be, how they became a Laura fan uh, story. It's just really uh, something that everybody likes to share. Oh, and I finally got somebody wanting to, oh, we're, there we go. We've got someone from Area Code 203. Area Code 203, you're on the air now. Hi. Hello?
0: Hi, Sarah. This is uh-huh. Eileen from Connecticut.
1: Oh, hi, and Eileen. How are you? Eileen.
0: Connecticut.
1: Uh-huh. I think I think I'm hearing a little feedback if you if you've got your um uh, computer open listening to the podcast, you may want to walk away from that so it doesn't reverberate. okay, let me do that. This is the first
0: time I've called in, and I am uh, calling in to tell you about one of my Laura you know situations. My oh, husband great. and I to. My husband and I, two years ago, first of all, how I got started with Laura was um, I read the books. And the first book, surprisingly, I read was Little Town on the Prairie. And I thought it was awesome. And then I read the other books, not in order, but Ben and I took a trip two years ago. It was a dream trip. We drove from Connecticut doing walks along the way. Our first Laura stop was Pepin, and this was in the fall, which we thought was beautiful. The foliage was beautiful, and what was interesting oh, really was all—all all these sites were quiet. You didn't have all the tourists, so you really got to see what Laura was—you know—what it was like for Laura. We went from Pepin to Walnut Grove to DeSmet, and we followed all the stuff from DeSmet you know, Spirit Lake, Lake Henry, Lake Thompson. And um, we um, went, you know, through all the spots in the book. We spoke to people who worked there. And then we took a trip down to Mansfield, Missouri. We couldn't decide whether to go to Burr Oak or to Mansfield, but my husband thought it would be a good idea to go to Mansfield. And my husband, who is not really a Laura fan,
1: enjoyed the trip as well, especially Mansfield. Well, that's great. What did he he like about Mansfield, just out of curiosity? Well, basically what he liked about Mansfield was, you know, when we went to
0: the Rock House, you know, the house that um, Rose built for her parents, they liked... um, he liked the fact that they were the first ones in that area that ever had electricity. Oh, did he and, see the outlets?
1: I just think their outlets are, I mean, they have them just like that, that they would have had back then. I, I just, I can't get done looking at them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was just beautiful, you know, like um, her house, everything. It felt like she was just there, which it was just as she left it. But I loved the Smet area. You know, it was like um, the homestead was gorgeous. You could feel like you were Laura, and um, you know Spirit Lake was gorgeous. The bed and breakfast, the Prairie Manor, was one of the most beautiful places I had ever, you know, bed and breakfast we had ever gone to. Service. Did you get
1: a Did you get a pancake, man? I think my my husband did. That's what I am calling the happiest breakfast on earth. How can you not have a good day when you've got a pancake man smiling at you?
0: Exactly. My husband, I believe, had that. But what we liked is that she gave us choices of what we would like. Yes. So I mostly had her quiches and her eggs. So um, you know, because I cannot eat sugar too much, so the pancake man would not have been a good option. But and so, it was really, you know, very
1: good. You said um, that you'd started with Little Town on the Prairie. Do you remember why you started with that one?
0: You know what? I don't remember. But one thing I do remember is that when I was in third grade, we had to read Little House in the Big Woods for a book report. And I remember doing that, but it didn't really hit me at that point, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I was looking for something relaxing to read, you know, this was when I was in nursing school, and it was a summer vacation, and I just picked out Little Little Town on the Prairie, I read it, and I thought it was awesome, and I wanted to know more, so I went to these happy golden years, which continued, and then I wanted to know the beginning, how Mary got blind, how, you know, all that, you know, and... Then I started Little House in the Big Woods. And since then, I've read it over and over and over again. When I feel stressed out
1: about something, I go
0: to the Little House books.
1: Well, it really, it's such a, um, they're so multi-layered, but but they do have, I mean, I really think every time you read them, you get something else out of them, but they do have such a strong sense of of family and, and community in them. I think that a lot of people find them as a, a safe place to visit.
0: Right. And, you know, it's, you know, it tells about the family. What really frustrates me is I love the TV show. Don't get me wrong. But I find myself over and over explaining to people that a lot of the things in the TV show
1: is not the real Laura. It is interesting. There, There is a certain kind of TV fan that seems to think that, these were live documentaries that they shot of Laura as she lived and that there couldn't possibly be anything that was in that TV show that didn't happen in real life. And it can be, it can be a little bit frustrating talking to people like that. I have heard. I
0: understand why, you know, why Michael Landon did it that way. But then again, I'm telling people, no, Mary never got married. Mm
1: -hmm. No,
0: there was no Adam Kendall. No, there was no adopted son
1: mhm well they they I have heard i never heard the people firsthand, but I've heard other people say that they even get people who argue with them about the stones in the cemetery that it shouldn't be Elmanzo and Laura's son. that should be Mary and Adam's son buried there. Is that right? So, that is yeah. unbelievable because Mary never had a son yeah, I know. on the t v mhm
0: but I understand how they did that, why they did that, you know, and a good wholesome, you know, family, you know, watching. Because I am not a TV person at all, but that show I liked. Yeah, but That was uh, after uh, I got into the books.
1: Mhm. Well, I think the TV show got a lot of people reading the books for the first time, but there were also a lot of people who liked the books first and then turned into the TV show to, to see what they did with them.
0: Right, and that was me, but um, I am presently now reading Pioneer Girl,
1: mm-hmm. and How are you at first liking? I
0: found that very hard to read, but then somebody on the site remembering the real Laura Ingalls, you know, Walt Wilder, suggested just read the story and then go back to the annotated, and I've done that, and that has helped, and that has given me a lot of information. So well, that's, that's what that's I'm up good. to now.
1: What are you thinking of it so far? I so mean, far, I think, it's, I think it's very
0: interesting and it's very fascinating. And in a way, it's, you know, because I've read a lot of her other books, like, um, you know, um, you know the way William Hill? Anderson's books. Oh, yeah. William Anderson's books. Um, and, um, you know, a few of my other books. I'm looking at my bookcase. Um, The Wilder Years by Wendy McClure, My Life is Laura by Kelly Kathleen Ferguson. That's what initiated my trip, you know, to all the sites. That's what got me going.
1: Well, uh, as somebody who's done this big trip, is there anything that you would recommend to other fans who are looking to do the same thing? Is there someplace they should dart or something that they should be sure to bring with them? Any advice like that?
0: Well, I, I have some advice, but for people with kids, it might not work. To-go is in the fall. You know, it's, you know, late September, early October. The foliage is beautiful. It's not crowded. Things are still open. I do recommend, I love the Smet because there was loads to do. You know, I loved the homestead. I think, you know, for a family with kids, even if it's off-season, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to see. Um, the Prairie Manor Bed and Breakfast is very family and child-friendly. I would say Walnut Grove was excellent, too. You know, their museum and all their hands-on and the dugout. Although in the fall, you're not going to go waiting in Pum Plum Creek.
1: And it's too but, bad because um, I, it is a lovely creek to wade in. It really is. I've waded in a lot is. of creeks around here, and they all terrible. But that one has such a nice sandy bottom. It's so nice to walk in.
0: Right. It looked like that. And we, you know, what my husband and I did was we crossed the footbridge and we walked around the, uh, you know, area that was, you know, Pa's Field, and was just as it felt like it felt like Laura. It felt like we were Laura living in the dugout. We walked around the field and we saw a lot of mole holes, you know, or gaffer holes. Mm -hmm. But I would say that would be prettier in the summer where you have a lot of wildflowers.
1: Yes, and they do have a big area of wildflower, well, prairie flowers uh, right near the the dugout site now. It's in uh, CSPS, so they replanted into prairie. So it really is quite pretty. Right,
0: and I do plan to go to Laura Palooza, and I'm taking along a friend of mine who got very into the show but knew nothing about Laura, and I've been teaching her about
1: Laura, and she's looking forward to going. Well, that's great to hear. I think that's always a, um, I hope it's going to be a really good experience for everybody.
0: I think it will. And my husband just said to me, remember to say, we started with, when we took our trip, you know, back in 2012, fall of 2012, we started from her birth and ended with her death. The first thing we saw was, you know, the museum in Pepin, you know, the Mm -hmm. wayside cabin, which was beautiful. And um, the last thing we saw in Mansfield before we left there, after we toured her house and her, the rock house. Was her grave. Well, that she is went a to nice a cemetery until her grave. There.
1: Well, I think that is a really nice way to start and to finish. That's good advice. Tell your husband thank you.
0: Yeah, you know, she, Sarah said, Tell you thank you. Oh, yeah, and on the graves, people, you know, left, you know, like left notes and pebbles thank you thank you laura thank you for you know everything thank you for your books and it reminded me because in our jewish religion when people you know visit graves they put little pebbles on there
1: yeah and that uh, they were see there so we
0: did that a... you yeah, go ahead i was just
1: going say- I was just going to say that you do see that a lot. I, I have visited several times, and almost always there are stones on there. And sometimes they're holding down notes, but I, I kind of wonder if some of the other ones are from Jewish fans or if it's just something else that I don't know about, that the reason they're leaving them there. But there are almost always pebbles on, on Laura's stone.
0: Right, you know, because that's what we saw. And I thought, wow, this is really impressive. I would like to go to Baroque. And I would like to go to Vinton, Iowa. That would be our next thing.
1: Mhm. Well, the Mary Pageant and, is on again, so it's I think the first, second, and third this year. The Friday, Saturday. I know, so but so. it's
0: unfortunately I live in Connecticut, so that that's the hard <laughs> thing. Because if I lived in the Midwest, I'd be going to these Laura things all the time.
1: Well, as somebody who uh, went to or lives in Connecticut, have you been down to Danbury to see Rose's house?
0: You know, I haven't, and that's something I might like to do. I don't know if it's sold yet, but we did go to Malone. Mm. We did go to Malone this past fall.
1: Well, I always say that that Malone is worth, I I mean, it's a long drive down a two-lane road from basically anywhere, but it's really worth it. They did such a good job starting out with an archaeological dig and kind of building from there and making sure they had things right. I just, It's very impressive what they've done.
0: And that's what we felt. You know, we went to the Trout River. We went through the house. They showed, you know, the original wallpaper where Alonzo threw the paintbrush or the blacking brush. And that was excellent. Yeah, we enjoyed that, too. We did that this past fall. Well... Um,
1: did you but have our any next other thing things? is going to be Iowa. You well, know, Iowa. Is a, Iowa is a great place to come. You know, I, I, I don't know why anybody lives anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I told her that, Pete. Yeah, we are going to Laura. Well, he isn't, but I, me, and a friend of mine are, and we're looking forward to that. Well, I'm so glad. Yep, and, well, did you... and oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, th- that's fine. Yeah, but we're really looking forward to going to that. You know, it'll be nice to see that in the summer with uh, a lot of people there. And, you know, and see it a- as it thrives. Because the fall was really nice, too. But, you know, you saw it as maybe Laura saw it. It was quiet there and the town was, you know, just like it was. You could visualize the town from, you know, these happy golden years, from, you know, Little House on the Prairie, from the long winter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it, it should be a different experience this time. There there are, I think, going to be a lot of people there because not only are there going to be the people coming over from Laura Palooza, there's also just normal people foolishly thinking they're going to come to the pageant that weekend.
0: Oh, the pageant so is a, that
1: weekend? Yeah, that's that's why we oh, got wow. it. Well, one of the reasons why we have it then is so that we can go to the the pageant on uh, Saturday night. That's one of the things the bus trip is going to be doing. Oh,
0: okay, so the bus trip is, you know, will take us to the pageant. That's really great.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, I was thinking of renting a car anyway, but... <laughs> Well, it is nice to rent a car. I, I personally, if I'm going around to see the different things, I like to have a car. But we're going to try and do the best we can with the bus to make sure people get a chance to to see what they want. Then we yeah, don't well, have that'll a, be we, great. You know, yeah, that's something I didn't even expect. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't said. I, I mean, we don't have a schedule set, but that that is our plan now. Is that we're going to go to the pageant. Oh,
0: that is great. No, because I've never seen the pageants. You know, when we were there, the pageant wasn't there. But we basically travel in um, in
1: the fall. So, mm-hmm. well, the um, the pageants are very different. There's there's three of them: the one in De Smet, the one in Walnut Grove, and the one in Mansfield. And the Smet one, I always think, feels like you're kind of eavesdropping on the Ingalls family because the sets are all like uh, little box houses that the front kind of opens up on so you can see inside. And you just really kind of, and you can see Paz Cottonwood trees coming up behind them, and you just really get that kind of feeling. Um, So, I mean, they all have something special about the different pageants, but but that's what I particularly like about that one. And then it it, uh, changes. They go from one um they they go through one book after another, so uh like in Walnut Grove or Mansfield, it's always the same story, but in um Smet they go through the different books that are set there.
0: Oh wow, that sounds like it'll be you know very exciting.
1: Well, it is very nice i I like to go there, and well, I like all of the the pageants, but it, it's it's I I kind of like to say that it's that much like you're eavesdropping on the Ingalls family. Uh, Walnut Grove is, you're watching a more kind of Hollywoodish production. It's very slick, it's well rehearsed, it's got great special effects. They build the church on stage, and every time it gets me. Uh, and then down in Mansfield, they do kind of the whole story of Laura's life, but it's as a musical. And really great music. I I really liked the music in Laura's Memories a lot better than I liked the music in The Little House on the Prairie. The music hall that it, it was just. I can still sing some snatches of the one from uh, the one from Mansfield and the one that I saw twice um, from the touring thing. I don't think I can. I don't know if I could remember a single line of the songs, but it, it's anyway the they're both nice. And I will also give Mansfield. Um, a plug that they have the best back support of any of the pageants um, at all. And that's really kind of important because, but if you're sitting there for like an hour and a half, back support is really nice.
0: Yes, yes, that is, you know, important. But, you know, I didn't know that Mansfield had a pageant. That's, you know, kind of interesting. Is that during Wilder Days in September?
1: Well, they actually have kind of... um, a different arrangement arrangement because the Walnut Grove ones and the Smet ones tend to be on the same weekends and they're like those first they're basically in July. But um the Laura's Memories ones they have they'll have a kind of a short run in early summer and then they'll start again in late August and go through wilder days in September. So they have kind of a a more drawn out season And it's kind of interesting because uh, it's behind the Laura Ingalls Wilder Elementary School. And they have this kind of natural amphitheater um, that goes down to the stage, but they have put money in their stage. So it's very, it's got good seating. It's got a nice actual stage. It's got um, a very kind of theater set-ish kind of setup. They've got all sorts of really great Uh, theater lights and it's it's a real different experience than than the other two pageants but very enjoyable I I like it I'm sure yeah and and if you get to go for Wilder Days which I've been trying to get back to for oh it seems like my whole life I've been trying to get back there but uh, the last few years I haven't made it but but they if you go for Wilder Days you can both see the musical and hear pause real fiddle on the same day. I mean, how can you top that? It's just wonderful.
0: No, you can't top that. Yeah, because we, we're also in a walking club, so we do a lot of walks on the way, you know, to these places. So we stop in different towns. So we were thinking of maybe a trip in the fall, you know, to Iowa. Maybe we'll go to Missouri.
1: Well, you know, we're I, thinking I about that. Think I always think it's a good idea to come to Iowa. But we do seriously have a lot of nice walking trails around here. And Decorah, which is sort of the big town that's near Baroque, it's about 10 minutes south of Baroque, they have just finished, was it last year or the year before? I think it was just last year. They just finished um, this path that goes all the way around the town. And I want to say... I probably shouldn't say a number because I'm not remembering exactly, but I—it's—it's I, it's a very good size um, loop road and, for walking and bikes, and it's really very pretty territory up there. And they go over by the the rocks, and I think they go over the river, and it's—it's just—it's a very nice circuit route, and. Uh, it's longer than I would want to attempt in one try, but I think people in walking clubs would probably go, "Ha, I can walk that far." Right. It depends on you know the terrain and everything. Yeah, but and this is very nicely done. I mean, it's it's flat and level, and I I always look at it when I go by. But I'm normally on my way to someplace else.
0: Oh yeah, you know I know you live in Iowa.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you
0: Borough or um?
1: Oh no! Uh, 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 Yeah, Um, if I leave, it's maybe about two and a half hours, roughly, to Baroque from here. Um, The Vinton, I'm. It's about fifty minutes or so, and uh, West Branch, that holds Laura uh, Papers, is about twenty minutes. So, it's kinda in the heart of things as far as going north. So like it's um about nine hours to Desmet and it's about nine hours down to Mansfield.
0: Right, I see 'cause see I'm in I'm in Connecticut so I'm used to an hour here, two hours there, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, our states are smaller, but you know, the big you know, the Midwest has large states, so you can yes. drive for hours and still be in the same state.
1: <laughs> you can and And I was nothing on some of them. I was relatively smaller, not as small as Connecticut, but you know one time somebody told me, and I didn't believe this until I actually tried it myself, but if you measure the length of of Texas and then you measure right. north of Texas to the Canadian border through Texas is actually longer. Oh really, yeah, it's amazing,
0: but that is amazing, yeah, uh, you we are
1: you can, can imagine.
0: How Laura traveled in a you know wagon, you know, and another thing that did get me with Laura is that we stayed in Tracy, you know, right before we went to the Smet. It was only seven miles, and if you remember, in the shores of by the shores of Silver Lake, they took the train from Walnut Grove to Tracy, and mm-hmm. it seemed like a big trip.
1: Yes, it, and it was only uh, seven wait, miles. Yep, that's true. Okay. You know, well, we so only have about we only have about two minutes left. So I want to thank you for calling in, and I hope you call again sometime. Happy Laura's birthday! Yes, and you too, Sarah. Thank- great talking to you. Thanks. Now, thank you. Um, now we are uh, we are about uh, out of time for this year's uh, on air birthday party. And if you didn't call in tonight, I want to remind everybody you'll have another chance next Friday for Elmanzo's birthday. And you can again share Laura memories if you want. You can uh say your favorite stories involving Elmanzo. You can tell stories of Spring Valley, of Malone, of Mansfield, of any place Elmanzo lived anything like that, and I'm hoping to hear from you. And if it's Laura's birthday you really want to call in for, then make sure that you start working on what you want to say this year, and you can call in next, February 7th, where we'll be doing this all again. Thank you so much to everybody who uh, called in or sent a a message with a, a story to share And I really hope that uh, you've enjoyed our on-air birthday party. And I hope you'll check out some of the older episodes of the podcast, either streaming them or downloading them from iTunes for free. And uh, happy Laura Ingalls Wilder's birthday. See you Friday.